Uh, you know, so I get these spots in the stunt business where I'm, you know, featured and, and, uh, right. and so I, you know, really kind of took after acting in the same way I kind of took after fighting. And I started looking at that because that, that was kind of the next incarnation. Um, because also in the stunt world, if you're not going to coordinate or, uh, get into second unit directing, you, you kind of are, are stuck at it, but there's going to be an end to that. And, um, and I, I really love to be in film and I love to play on camera. And so I really got into acting in that way. And that's kind of been what the last few years have been way more in my life. And so, yeah, yeah I kind of got into acting through the stunt world and, and, uh, I got into the motion picture business that way. And, and now it's progressed to where it is. And now, uh, you know, like I said, Keith and myself and some friends are more into the creation of it and trying to make our films that we can put out into the world. I love it. Because otherwise you're playing in somebody else's sandbox. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to be able to express your own creativity, man, what a, what a gift to be able to do in the world. Yeah. I was talking to Matt, uh, Vincent the other day. We, you know, he's been so gracious to me, man. Like, uh, he's, 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 gotten on a couple calls with me separate from the podcast, which we did months ago. Um, and he's just been super gracious to me. And and like, one of the things he said to me is like, Hey man, the world needs more creators. He's like, Mm -hmm. so just keep going. Like you're going to make a dent eventually just keep creating because the world needs more, more people like that, you know? And, uh, that was really impactful to me and hearing you say kind of the same thing, you know, it, it, it really resonates with me. Like, you know, the result will come or it won't. It, but at the end of the day, if I'm happy doing it, then that kind of is the result. That's it. Right? That's it. You know? That's the answer. I mean, you know, it, it's like in uh, the fight world, you would see guys come in all the time. Because you see George St. Pierre under the lights and they're like, I, I want that, you know. Um, and so then the question is, is how hard are you willing to work? And are you right. willing to show up every day regardless if you have broken toes or not? Are you willing to do you show up when you're sick? Do you show up regardless? Because your brothers need sparring partners and all that. And most people don't love it like that. They just like how that looks. Right. So then the question is, is do you want to be a fighter or do you want to be called a fighter? You know, and, and, and do you want to be a podcaster? Or do you want to be known as a podcaster? Yeah, uh, because I love the conversation or because I need the conversation to get some kind of value somewhere other than the value of what it is. Of, yeah. of, uh, and, and I think that that's the right answer all the time. And inside yep. of that, that, that thing grows, you know, whatever that is grows. And I think, you know, when I was talking earlier, when we were talking about early life and all that, there's there's the idea of people want to guide you into a thing of like, do something that you have, something that you can count on, you know, because it's fucking a dark scary world sometimes and you know want something that you can count on at the end of the week and and then if not you got to shake your own tree and make sure a check comes out at the end of the week in one way or another and how's that how's that look right yeah but what nobody tells you man everybody goes oh the odds on this are a million to one they love to say that people love saying that it's a million to one to do that oh you want to be a seal that's a million to one you can't do that you want to be a master chief you know how many you know how few there are you know you can't do that and and they don't tell you why because most people quit yeah it's not, it's not yeah. that folks are built resilient it's that they have yeah. a weak fucking mind and they yep. quit and so if you just build resilience and you go i'm determined to not quit whatever it is that you're in love with doing that thing will shine and and right. i really believe that with my whole heart 
because I've seen it. I mean, uh, guys that weren't supposed to be skateboarding that then become uh, Jason Ellis or, or whatever. And people that you know that are professional skateboarders, guys that were, they played video games. Who are the, some of the highest paid sports people in the world are video game players. Like esports, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's, and so really literally whatever it is that you have an interest in, man, fall in love with that thing and do that thing to the tilt. Right. And then even if that's not the thing that it is, that thing will dovetail into the next thing you're going to do. And it'll weave a perfect life for you. And the downside to not doing that is 20 years goes by and maybe you bought yourself a life you didn't really want. Right. And, yep. and, and that's not something that you want to sit with. As I mean, people talk about uh, midlife crises and all that shit all the time. Well, that's, I think, a great deal of what that is. I was living somebody else's idea of what a safe life looked like. And then I got to a point where I'm at the end of that road and I'm like, this wasn't satisfying in the way that they sold me the idea at all. And even if, even if it's super successful, all of it, it cannot be satisfying. Yeah. Right? All of it, you know, like, right. I, yeah. Like, and, and inside of that, we make choices and I don't think there's wrong choices. There's what you do. And then you live that thing with a passion. Yeah. And, and if you can't, well, you got to course adjust, you know, my yeah. coach would always say, you got to have a plan. A hundred percent. You got to have a plan. Yeah. But you 100% have to be willing to abandon the plan. You know what I mean? And, and also, sure, of man. course, that play, it just is what it is. Hey, you guys, come here. Come say hi. Yeah. My daughter, man. I want you, well, one of them's my daughter, one of them's not. I'll let you guess which one's mine and which one's <laughs> not. So this is Hazel. And hi, this how is are you? Avery. Avery, Hazel, how are you? Nice to meet you both. She's mine. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. Anyways, yeah. So this is this is Tate, uh, Tate Fletcher. Nice to meet you both. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. man. Yeah. Good kids, man. I'm, I'm lucky, but yeah, I, I mean, you have to be willing to abandon the plan, bro. Like yeah. you have to. Yeah. Um, I've experienced that a lot. You know, we, we, in the military, we, we have this saying, and you've probably heard it too, right? Like the best laid plans don't survive first contact with the enemy. And that is mm -hmm. the fucking truth, man. Like you can, nuke out every single detail of your engagement plan but like inevitably shit's gonna go sideways yeah and so you have to have secondary and tertiary plans but sometimes you just gotta throw the book out you're like all right well none of this is fucking working so yeah uh, wh what are we gonna do now you know and i, I think what, that applies my, in life one of my bros he was teaching guys up in alaska how to fly helicopters and that's what he did for like 20 years of his service you know but and he would say there's old helicopter pilots and there's crazy helicopter pilots, but there's no <laughs> old crazy helicopter pilots. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And he would say, everybody, I, everybody I've ever trained, I give a checklist and there's five things on that checklist or whatever. And if three of those things happen, you scrub the mission. Like yeah. you go back because, and yeah. I thought, man, you know, cause to call something off on a, on what seems like a hunch, mm -hmm. whew, that's some chutzpah to do that you know yeah. but how necessary that is you've got lives at stake and and that's yeah. just what it is so i think the way that you know i love the way the military reacts to stuff because when you learn that stuff it's like here's people at the highest consequential level there is of people's lives at stake and yeah. and to see how they course in that kind of a way is a, a fascinating educational way to look at life yeah i want to ask you about this tate because it's it's um i think you know, you, topic is TBI. And so you, 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 we, I think the collective, we have heard a lot about that, uh, 
via the NFL specifically, um, professional sports, but the NFL, right? And then in the military, we talk about it a lot too. Um, and I think that so many TBIs go undiagnosed. Like for me, for example, I was doing pull-ups. We, we had a pitching deck. We were underway on USS uh, McCampbell. And I was doing pull-ups and we took a roll. And I mean, I, I basically slammed into the overhead. I was out for several seconds, 10 staples. And you know what I did? I went back to work, right? Yeah. And um, and I just think it's one of those things that we don't talk about. And so I, 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 I wish you would uh, share kind of like what happened with you and, and how it impacted you, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, they call it a hidden injury, right? Uh, yeah. and, um, and it's very real. And the hard part about it is it's a uh, manifest in like your character. It, yeah. it, it alters folks in ways, you know, you become short with people or you, you become different and, uh, and families notice it and maybe coworkers might notice it, but, um, it's largely silent. And the other thing that is strange about it is that it grows. Uh, you can hurt yourself and that can have impacts that you don't know about for 10 years. And so I've had a tremendous amount of head injury in my life. And um, I never knew that. I think the first time I was like privy to like a head injury was after a stick fight. And I, uh, I got clipped and I went down and I flashed out for a second. And then I was able to come back and, and perform. But um, for the month after that, when I would train jujitsu or anything, I would, I would, if I were on my back, I would just get bed spins like I was hammered. And, um, and that lasted about a month or so. And yeah. all of that, I guess that was a concussion, you know. And, and people are always like, oh, you go to the hospital, you know, and see if you got a concussion. But they can't tell you. They, no, nobody knows anything about any of that. If you get, you know, soccer players uh, are killing themselves over post-concussive syndrome over TBIs because they, they, they head soccer they, balls, which yep. doesn't seem like a big deal, but that's an injury, right? right? When when I talk to guys that are in the teams and they talk about the boats, boom, boom, boom. boom. Every one boom. of those is an injury. Every yep. one of those measures is an injury. We're shooting pistols, especially if you're indoors. Those are all injuries. Um, you know, you, you watch anybody that's in an armored vehicle and they hit an IED. Those are everybody in there is injured. And, and everybody just wears it. We walk with it, right? Because it's not yep. always followed by post-concussive syndrome, but it's always followed by damage later on. I mean, there's one famous year that I think it was the San Diego Chargers won the Super Bowl and like eight of their linemen shot themselves in the chest that year. It's like and the NFL didn't even cop to the head injuries were a part of their sport until like 2015 or something like right. that. It's, it's insane. Um, so we're fraught with injuries and all, everybody's got some. Uh, mine happened, my, the last one that was most significant happened for me on a movie called Free Guy in 2019. Uh, there was zero recourse uh, for the film. You know, they, they checked me for brain fractures and brain bleeds, and then they go, good to go. And, um, by the next day, I, was, I didn't understand how to pack my suitcase. I didn't understand. I, I couldn't. Normal things evaded me. And that was like the next four years of my life was like that. Uh, uh, deep sobbing suicide around the corner all the time a light hurt sounds hurt um I, I couldn't participate in life i couldn't go to a grocery store i never knew anxiety before that i thought it was made up i didn't understand people that had and then i i was just fraught with it um uh my girlfriend at the time lacy mackey she uh you know did everything she could to be trying to save my life and and 
So I flew back from Boston to um, uh, recording continues smoothly. Live video will return when the internet proves. Um, so You're good, I, bro. I, I, You're good. I, I got into like hyperbaric chambers uh, due to that. And so that started to help a little bit. Um, but, you know, I, I was drooling. I was stuttering. I had neurogenic tremors. Um, and I, I just figured I was going to be homeless at best. And I, I didn't think I'd ever be able to participate in life again. And so I've been through several brain injury clinics um, since that time. And everything that I do in my life uh, is is towards healing myself and, and treating myself. You know, when I was saying earlier about people that, um, you know, one of the biggest things we can give to people is that they they feel valued and they feel loved. And uh, I didn't have that for myself for a long time. I wasn't a fan. And I just figured to just get after it and be useful. You know, that was my workaround for uh, a lack of concern about myself. And, um, and I've had to learn how to do that in the last year. And, and, uh, I've had to learn how to value myself and walk accordingly in the last year or so. And that hadn't come till then. Um, but my mom at one point, she said, you know, I'm so glad that you got hurt. And I go, you got to tell me more, ma. <laughs> and yeah. she says, well, do tell for the last 10 years or so, I've been watching you darken and you harden and, uh, you become not yourself. And I just started sobbing. I go, Ma, it felt like a black cloud was coming behind me for that whole time. And I just couldn't put a finger on it. And and that's, I wanted to kill myself ever since then. And um, because you become a thing that you don't recognize anymore. Yeah. You don't recognize yourself anymore and you got to go. It's too much weight to carry. And I can't really explain it better than that. But uh, if there's guys that are in that position, I understand. And it's a really real thing. And, and you, you know, I destroyed everything good in my life in that I pushed everybody away. I fractured relationships and uh, I became another thing because I didn't think that anybody else needed to carry the weight of me either. And, right. um, and so I just wanted to go away and I isolated. And maybe that's one of the worst things you can do. I don't know. I had a couple of buddies that were, uh, that were on me and that, would uh, pull me out of it. They put me in clinics and they, they got me towards healing. And um, so now every day that I do it, you know, everything is, is based on that. You know, I've done like, I've done uh, magnetic healing, like where they shoot magnets in your head. I've done uh, NAD. I've done hundreds of hours of hyperbarics, stem cells, uh, everything. My friends down at Chipsa Hospital, they do stem cells uh, in, in the spine now where you can, um, bypass the blood brain barrier and you can get real help that way. And they've got great success with that. And, uh, there's guys I know that, um, at, at Ambio is a place where a, a group called vets, a veterans, uh, veterans exploit treatment solutions is a, a nonprofit where they're sending guys that are war fighters, uh, that are at the end. And the end is a terribly terrifying place. And, and they're going down and, uh, getting, uh, Ibogaine treatments and, and um, restructuring their brains and Stanford's done studies on those to show when they went before the week before and, and then right. the week after and they're showing very different brain patterns where they can't find the injuries anymore. It's fascinating yeah. stuff. And so everything is just on the cutting edge of that, but you can't get help in Western culture. I went to the doctor here that Disney put me to and they go take fish oil. And if you're not better in six months or eight months, come on back and we'll give you Alzheimer's medicine. And I go, you're telling me to kill myself. Yeah, right? fuck Are you off. not interested right. in any of these other things? And they go, that's not what we do. 
And that's just the answer that I found everywhere in Western medicine. So um, I guess I'm here to just say there is help out there. There's, there's a way beyond uh, your hopelessness. And uh, yeah. hopelessness ain't real. It's, uh, it feels real. Uh, it, it can feel real. But uh, yeah. there's other spaces out there you can live in and healing is possible. And uh, restructuring and reintegration into life is possible. And I'm just finding that out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, bro. Um, you know, I, I do think I'll say this, you know, the VA and like veteran care gets a lot of a flack, deservedly so. But there's two there's two areas that we do a pretty fucking good job um, relative, I think, to the rest of society, you know, and, and one of those is TBI because we've just had so much experience with it based on the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan you know, VIEDs and things like that. Yeah. The other one I think that we do a pretty good job at is uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. But I think that the next step is, and I got linked up with Heroic Hearts Project. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. So Heroic Hearts Project is a uh, nonprofit that is led by, he's a retired Army Ranger, and they are doing, um, ayahuasca retreats for yep. veterans with PTSD. Um, and they are in Peru and they also are, uh, associated with maps, um, yep. uh, you know, to try to explore psychedelic treatment where there's Ibogaine or, or other, um, modalities for, for TBI and, and things like that. And, um, I'll tell you, man, it's just, our society is in such a fucked up place where we look at those things as, as, being on the fringe when right. they've been around for thousands of years before these chemicals yeah. that we decide that we, and we it's the only thing there is, but if you don't have something that's going to feed big pharma, they're not interested. They want you strung it. out on whatever it is. And that's a hundred percent. This is all a money grab. America is yep. a money grab. And the people yep. that are in charge that are telling you what to do are there to enslave you. And that's a hundred percent what it is. I mean, you're, you're here, uh, you know, in, in service to our country and our freedom as you're watching them stripped away in this very corrosive uh, internal way. It's insane. Um, it is. And, and so, I mean, those things are, you know, I know so many guys that have been strung out on VA drugs and shit like that. All they give me is bottles of pills. And, and then that they can't get off the pills because the pills weave their way in so magically, these goddamn big pharma tech fucking scientists, that to get off them, you go into a terror. And you just Absolutely. can't, you know? Absolutely. And then the other aspect with the guys in the military that I know, they're like, I could never say, I could never say I had depression or something like that because the minute oh, I no. say it, I lose my command That's because they can't put me back in the field saying, Oh, you knew this guy had trouble with his mind. And so there's that kind of that, that onus that's over it that you can't really get help because you're out of a job if you do. And yeah. so to bring normalcy and conversation, this is sure something I, I would like to do. Um, yeah, and, I think you know, that I see guys that are doing yeah. doing that and running campaigns for it, and I fully support yeah. that. And uh, you know, yeah. I, I know one of my friends that um, Drake Whitestomp, he's running a, a a benefit at the Grand Old Opry for veterans uh, that are nice. suffering from this and trying to raise money for that. I mean, everybody afflicted that's gotten better from brain injuries. I don't know one of us that doesn't want to just help everybody that's coming behind us. And, you know, and that yeah. maybe that thing, you know, they, they talk about sometimes your greatest fractures are your greatest assets and helping those in front of you. And, and, and maybe, maybe that's what this injury is for me. I don't know, but I sure hope to be useful in that way. Cause 
it sure can feel alone. I'll tell you, man, I think that you sharing your story, you know, I listened to the podcast that you did with, with Matt and of all the things that really stood out, you got a great story, obviously, and you've got a fantastic perspective and, you know, you drink La Croix, I drink bubbly. I mean, <laughs> you must be an all right guy. You know what I mean? So, uh, um, but you know, one of the things that stood out in that, in that episode that you did with him was, you know, this, this same conversation, which is very openly speaking about your, um, struggle with, all of the things that came as a result of a lifetime of traumatic brain injury. And, you know, for you to be able to stand up and do that from your perch, from your standpoint is, is really huge, man. Cause a lot of people don't want to fucking talk about it, man. A lot of people don't want to talk about it because it it makes people uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable to talk about trauma and about, healing and and it, yeah. it it runs counterintuitive to some of the things that that people want to you know express like as men it's like talking you know uh one somebody real close to me dying of cancer walking to her death you know and um everybody around her shrunk from it from the conversation Oh, isn't it? It's a really nice day out. I'm going to go down to the dry cleaners today. And then, uh, you know, we had a birthday party for, you know, Sonia's grandson. And, and, uh, while, while this lady that helped raise me is just looking like she's, she's vacant. And I go, and, you know, I just come in and this other woman's leaving. I go, well, what's wrong, mom? What's going on? And she goes, I'm scared. And I go, yeah, I bet you are. And I go, what are you scared of most? And she said, I'm, I'm scared that I'm not going to see how it turns out for you kids. Wow. And and I go, well, I said, I think you're at a threshold where you're going to walk into another universe and we don't know what that looks like. And, and at that point, Mrs. Masram's like, I'm out. We'll see you next time. You know, cause nobody wants to have a conversation about death. Right. You know, yeah. but, but maybe that's the most fascinating trip that we're, we're yet to take. I mean, this life is so mysteriously magical in its own right. Well, why would death be different almost in, in a way? Yeah. And, and like, and I said, I just, I said, I think, I think you become everything when you walk over that threshold. And I think you'll know us more in that realm than you'll ever know us here. And I think you'll be free of this pain. And I think you'll become everything. And I think you'll go into that God field, like that they talk about in your Catholic church. They talk about that Holy Spirit. I think you become all souls. And I think yeah. you're unified in your power in that. And I think that's what happens. That's so she cool. Goes, well, I like that. I go, well, fuck, yeah. it's as good as any other story you've been hearing for the last yeah. seven years, you know, take yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. The Buddhist faith, it's, it's very interesting. I, I'll tell you, man, like I, I, so I was raised Mormon, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then spent so much time in Japan that I, you know, I've kind of opened my mind to Buddhist faith and um, I've always had this, this firm belief that there's something, whether it's God, the universe, there's, there's something that is intelligent design. That's a creator. That's something, but I digress. The thing that they talk about is that, you know, after you pass that you do, um, you know, become part of everything, but that there are specific times when, um, when you're allowed to regain that consciousness that you had in that life and visit your descendants. And so like, you know, yeah. Like, so for instance, Man, I'll break it. Like, I would tell you the whole story, but I'll keep it short. So I've got an urn sitting over here that's got the remains of my Maltese that died when he was 15 because that's Japanese tradition, right? It's this beautiful little urn, and he, we have a little, you know, shrine that we keep to him. And 
my, my wife and I were talking and like next week is like, there's like a five day period that, that the Buddhist faith believes that, you know, our loved ones are able to come visit us. And, uh, and she was like, uh, I wonder if, I wonder if Kim will come see us or if he'll go see his previous owners. Cause we got him from like the, uh, from a shelter, you know, and he, yep. he lived his like older years with us. I was like, man, he's coming to see us. He was so spoiled with us. Like, are you kidding me? Of course he's coming here, you know? And it's not like a, like a ghost is coming to like haunt the house. It's that that, that form of your ancestor or of your, your loved one gets to return and, and be with you in, in spirit. Right. And that's such a beautiful idea. I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I like thinking about it yeah. and it makes me feel joy to think about it. You know? Yeah. I think that's, there's a, there's something in there that we're immortal. Yeah. I, I believe that. I believe that those that we love and those that love us stain us so beautifully that they live through us and, and their words and their, their ideas and their principles, they come out. I mean, I have a hard time thinking of people as being past, as being gone, because they're right. so with me still. You know what I yeah. mean? Holy and, shit, um, dude. Yeah, man. You're really keying into something. So I'll, I'll share something else with you, man. So like um, in 2021, 20, um, am I getting this right? No. In 2020, uh, my brother passed away. Fentanyl overdose, same thing, right? Yeah. Started with Oxycontin back in 1996. They yanked him off of it, and he was an addict until his yeah. last day, basically, right? And then the following year, my 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 dad passed. Um, so you're you're back to back. And I was telling my wife this, and uh, and I don't know really how to describe it, but I think that you just um, kind of put it in a way that, I, that I've thought about it. It's like I absorbed some part of them after they died. Like I look in the mirror and I look more like my brother and my dad now than like I see, like I see them like more now than when they were alive. It's almost like I absorbed like, um, like part of their spirit or something. Right. And it's, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain that to people except that I just, you know, you just feel it that way. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It doesn't make me feel bad. Like it's beautiful, you know? Yeah. So, Anyways, I just thought I'd share that with you. I think it all matters. You know, I think it matters more than we ever could think. That that simple thing of loving each other in that way. I think it matters and it holds us. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for letting appreciate you letting me uh share that with you, man. Like that was yeah. not <laughs> that was not on the agenda, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why I love this. I love this, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, I um, love the conversation, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good thank shit. you. Yeah. Hey, man. All right. So um, I do want to talk about how fucking cool is it to be part of the Star Wars universe? Like, let's just be real about it. Right. Like, how yeah. It's, that, a, it's a, you know, it's all magic, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a, and also like, can't, couldn't have gotten there. Couldn't have, like, it's just a, you know, it's a thing where I was just trying to do the next job. You know, I was at one of these things where they're, you know, they do signings at these comic cons and stuff. And um, a couple of years ago, I was there and I've got all these pictures, of, you know, Equalizer and John Wick and Breaking Bad. And like, it's, yeah. fuck, it's a bunch, it's, it's all that. And, uh, and this guy comes up, he goes, man, you've really built an awesome career here. And yeah. I go, a career? I never thought of it like that. Because right. I go, I was just always trying to get the next job. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing is like, you do what you love and all of a sudden you're a master of craft in some way of whatever that, you know what I mean? Whatever that thing is. And, 
and I don't know that until retrospect, you know, until in the rearview mirror, kind of. Um, uh, but the, yeah, that that universe in particular, it's it's super special. It's a super dope thing to be a part of, and uh, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's a weird. It's it's cool to be in like the renaissance of it, where it's kind of like recapturing um, the grandeur of it all. Where it yeah, like the joy, got the joy smoky of it. and lost it a little bit back in the day, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm I grew up on the first three, you know, which right. were just amazing for me. And then, you know, after all that and the Han Solo, and I just kind of I got lost in all that. You know, I wasn't super interested. But for me, this this resurgence of like a Boba Fett type story, I was like, God yeah. damn, I want to know more about that. <laughs> I want to know more. Tell me yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it's been it's been a special thing, you know. Um, and again, you know, the most special part of it has just been the folks that I've gotten to be with throughout that, and and. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a family that, that goes on in that world and that you know kind of pervasive you know we worked a long time on those shows together and so um you know i see some of the guys i just saw jj uh, dashna who ran the stunt program for boba fett and mando and all that kind of stuff yeah. and um i saw him on a peter berg movie out here in santa fe and, and it's just it's it's dope to see people that are that excellent that are doing their thing and to be able to behold that like I watched that guy do stuff that I'd never seen before. Like yeah. where he's doubling a guy, he's directing the the episode and he's uh, directing another thir- 13 people or something that were also in this fight. Mm-hmm. All and he's watching it, giving cues, going back into it. Like inc- incredible, incredible. I've never yeah. seen anything like that. And it's the kind yeah. of thing where it's like you work at speeds like that with people that are that good and you raise your ability to a higher level than you were before. You know, you get a little rub off of their excellence and you get a little better in that way when they expect greatness from you. For and, sure. Uh, and that was, and you know, one of the great things for me too is like, I, I look at faith again in it and I go, man, I, I couldn't have made this happen. But like, I was at a time where I was really hurt and I didn't yeah. think I was ever going to work again. And then I get right. this job where they got me a stunt double. And like, so I'm an actor on this job. And then I, and I was like, and all I can do, man, my whole, all this shit, like I could look at all the fractures. I could look at, you know, I had a stroke in October. I could, I, you know, I, I fuck like, it's been crazy the last couple of years. And all I can go is look what God did. Look what God did again. God did. Like, I can't, I can't hurt myself again. I got a stunt double. Look what God did. You know, a guy tells me, I go, hey, man, I really want to get better at acting. How do I get better at acting? How do I get to be really the best at it? How, how do we really move towards that? And I asked Vincent D'Onofrio and I asked Chris Pratt, separate occasions. They both said the same horrible answer to me. They said, there's really no course you can take. There's not like a method. There's not this or that. The only way you really get better is to work on film with the director that lets you play. And, and that you can, I mean, that's the place it shows up where you get the right. reps in. And I, I that makes sense to me. You get reps yeah. under consequence, that builds, right? That, I mean, you yep. know that for sure, right? Yep, for sure. And I go, fuck. And you go, yeah, they, it's a horrible <laughs> answer because you can't contrive that situation really. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I get this job where I get to play on camera for eight months doing this, this job and spitting these lines and I get to fuck around with it. And I go, look what God did again. He brought the 100%. very thing, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. That, so yeah, Star Wars is cool and all that, but like the whole thing for me is like, you know, how do you get better self development? And you just show up to do a good job, and then you go, look what else showed up. 
like a thing that put me in the best position to get as good as I, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's the thing is like, it's these unexpected things. What I'm most grateful for is the awareness of seeing that. It's nothing I did. It's nothing that like any of that, but I'm glad I'm aware to be available for the, for the occurrence of it, you know, for, for it all to happen. Yeah. I'm glad that I yeah. can see it. I've walked through yeah. a lot of life with blinders on, you know, you know, and, and uh, anyways, yeah. Cool. No, I get it, man. It's, it, I, I, I like this idea that I'm, I'm becoming more and more convinced with that. Um, if you just approach life from a perspective of abundance, right. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of a cliche thing to say these days. Right. But it, until you actually see it happening, right. Until you see like that next thing, like, Hey man, I showed up. I did just like you said, I showed yeah. up, I did my thing. I did the best I could. And magically but it's not magic the next thing will show up and i, I just yeah. i love that idea man um and i've seen it i've seen it manifest itself it's almost mechanical nice. when you yep. really put feet to it it's like it looks magical it looks miraculous but it's almost mechanical it's like yeah of course that would happen you know what you pay attention to grows but pay attention excuse me if i pay attention to my depression it's insurmountable if I pay attention to making your life brighter, my depression can die of neglect. It's like, yeah. it's like where I put my focus really matters. And I, and I have jurisprudence over that. I have agency over that. That's not something somebody else can take away or give me. And so I'd see it with my friends. I'd see it with people that are like, you know, a lady told me early on when I was trying to change my life, she goes, a victim will never recover, Tate. A victim will never recover. If you're always pointing a finger at somebody, so what? They could be wrong a thousand percent, but that's not going to change your circumstance. You've got to take full responsibility for how you got in that position. And if you don't do that, you'll never grow. And so I just had great people that kind of showed me the way of that was just sustainable truth. Like this is yeah. just what it is. It's not, it's not open for debate. It's not any of that. This is function and performance. And, right. and that's what it is. And, and so it really taught me about like how to mind your mind in a better way. And like, and, and put yourself in the best position for that. And that's looking yeah. at it from a place of abundance. One of the best compliments I ever got, pardon me, I got to get my power cord on. Yeah. Um, just recently, man, you know, there's, there's, there's two, there's dogs and kids and they just read vibe. They don't have language. They read the vibe of how you feel, right? What it feels, is it safe around them? Is it, what, what is it? Mm -hmm. And my, one of my black belts kids is like five years old, four years old. And she tells her mom, she goes, you know, I just, I really like being around him. Oh, why? Cause he plays with the fire trucks with you or like, what? She goes, I, I don't know. I just like how he feels to be around. And I was mm -hmm. like, and it just, and, and that's the thing, you know, cause especially for a guy that was looking to not feel good to be around for a long time. Like I had a vested interest in, and in, 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 that's how I would protect myself. To come around to a place where a child can be like, no, it just feels safe and nice and, and feels good to be yeah. around. Like, that's, you know, and it's like these things we were talking about at the beginning. It's full circle of like, it's a different right. time in my life. And and those those other ways, they were appropriate at the time, but they don't serve me anymore. And I think right. that's the thing yeah. of growing as a man of how do I let go of these old ideas? Recognize them as old ideas, not as truths. They're not truths to live my life by. They're old ideas of what seemed the best way at the time. Now it's time to let those go and change and grow. 
And I think that's the, the whole purpose of me. It's not to build a business. It's not to do this or that. It's to develop myself, you know, to develop my character to the best of my ability in those four aspects, yeah. intellectually, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And if I'm bereft in those ways, man, I'm falling short of the mark. And, I, and I'm certainly falling short of the mark of all the people that helped me when I was nothing that I, I want to be proud that, that, that they helped me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it, bro. Hey, um, so let's, um, let's get ready to wrap it up. If you're okay with that. Tate. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Um, I do, I do have to ask you a, a, a pretty serious question though. Okay. Um, did you name the dog yet? Well, today has been, <laughs> it's been Frankie. It's been, uh, uh, Frankie, Frankie blue. My mom's calling him, uh, it was just calling him blue, uh, cause of his uh -huh. blue eye. And I go, I don't think I could just call him blue, but Frankie seemed good. I was calling him Freddie because my friend Freddie, uh, who's <laughs> my friend Antonia's dad, he's 72 and he come and he's, he lives with me, but he's back fixing up his kids, uh, boxing gym. Um, uh, oh, it's called Mad City Boxing out in LA. And so he, he's had to change places. So he's out there doing that, but he's helping me renovate this duplex. And so I was calling him Freddie because I just missed Freddie for a while. But then I'm like, Freddie ain't going to like it if he comes back here and there's a dog named Freddie. And uh, so I went to Frankie. Um, but it, yeah. it, beats, it beats the hell out of dog, you know? Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, the yeah. horrible story. I got a video of it, too. I won't show you. but So he's got a cage. And he got out of the cage. And it just smells like shit when I walked into the house. And he had two oh, piles that were on the floor. And I was like, I go, well, thank God he got out of the cage at least. And then I had all my yeah. clean laundry on my bed. And there was another six piles. He was so sick, the poor boy. And so I had to take poor everything guy. out and spray it off in the driveway and all that when I yeah. got home. And, uh, and yeah. He's feeling a lot better now, but yeah. my boy was real sick for a while. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he's, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. I'll tell you, I am a firm believer that um, specifically dogs just make our lives better, man. Yeah. They just make our lives better. Yeah. Um, there's something about them like, I think that we evolved together. I mean, yep. we did, but I think that there's a, like a deep, like we're probably closer, more closely connected them uh, based on our evolution and their evolution than, than any other animal in, yeah. in the world. Like even closer than people sometimes in a sense. Totally. I even. mean, I spent more time with Hank than I spent with anybody else. Right. And Hank knew how I felt just because yep. of that vibe. Right. He knew me like, I mean, and we, we were telepathic. You know, it's just that's, I mean, he died when he was 16 years old. We were together for a long time, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, but they, they gave me gifts, you know, dogs give me gifts that I didn't know I needed. They give me lessons that I had no idea were, were things, right. you know what I mean? Right. I agree with right. you. Man. There's yeah, a supernatural sure. thing out there when we buy into life in a deeper way. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man. All right. Hey, Tate, uh, man, just let me say thank you again for uh, agreeing to come on, on the Rising Sun oh, yeah, podcast. Man. It's been I'm a great conversation. I knew the graphic difference and everything else. Yeah, man. That's, I mean, you got to love this about technology is that like you can connect with somebody across the world and, and have a very meaningful conversation, even though we're not in the same room, man. Uh, yeah. So, so thank you very much. Well, I hope we can have supper one day and uh, thanks a lot for having me, dude. It's a pleasure. For sure, man. If I'm, uh, if I'm back in the States, I will 100% let you do. know and, uh, and, and we'll link up, man. So, Anyways, uh, thanks again, Tate. Hey, for everybody listening, I appreciate you uh, listening to the Rising Sun Podcast, and uh, I just want you to keep rising. Take Thank care, you. guys. Thanks for your service, brother. It matters. Thank you. Thank you, Tate. Yeah.
All right. Good night.